guys, it's Teresa. You're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. This is the podcast where comedians confess secrets they want to get off their chest. Um, they're not always bad, but they're just secrets and stories and fun, exciting things. Sometimes apologies. Um, but today is a special Halloween episode. Um, you know I love to do Halloween spooky episodes. So I have a spooky story today with um, a guest I'm very excited about. He actually has a podcast all about paranormal it's not Paranormal Activity. It's called Me and Paranormal You, all about the paranormal and the occult. It's Ryan Singer. Hey. Hello. Hey. What's up? Uh, you know, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited you're here. I, uh, yeah, I love, um, I listened to your album as well, and I'm, I loved your story about this. I don't know if I ever t- talked to you about this, but you talk about the singularity in it. And it's just like everything about your podcast and your album. I'm like, oh, I, how we could I be I the love, robots we've been afraid of this yeah, whole time. Yeah, I love that stuff so much. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited to have you do this. I think that the world is. <laughs> I think the world is coming around on all that stuff. I mean, I mean, I guess it is kind of a humble brag, but like I, I wasn't planning on talking about this oh, all yeah, this, until well, all of a sudden. Let's get into your good um, confession. What's your good I confession? Think I had a good friend of mine. And this is something I don't talk about. I, I mean, like I never like really talk about this, but a friend of mine told me, he's like, you need to, when we were talking about late night sets mm-hmm. and submitting tapes for late night sets, Yeah. he goes, you need to take the jokes that you really loved five years ago mm-hmm. and submit those for late night because the comedy you do in the moment that you're really excited about, it's too weird for people, <laughs> but you're too far ahead of what people are into. Uh-huh. So five years later, Everybody will be like, know what that stuff is. Yeah. And so, I, which was a very nice compliment because it was from a comedian friend of mine who I really admire. And, but part of me was like, no, bro, I'm not going <laughs> to do that. You know what I mean? Like, this is who I am. You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, these, you know, concessions we have mm-hmm. to make. I mean, they're still my jokes from five years ago and I yeah. still like them because I came up with them. But that album that that is on, it's called Free Love and it's free if anybody uh-huh. wants it. Um, I think if that, I mean, that it was selected as a top 10 album of 2018 by Vulture. Uh-huh. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was great. Um, and I was very surprised when that happened. Just because I was like... Because you self... Well, you... you, you I, I think well, I listened I, to it when you put it on... You also put it on your stream. Yes. Your yeah, I put it uh, for free on my... Uh, as an episode of my podcast. Um, Blonde Medicine was the record label who put it out. Gotcha. Um, but then I told him, I was like beforehand i was like i don't want people to pay for this album mm-hmm. this is like my fourth album i don't want people to pay for it like, i'm a robot Robots i'm always money, i'm always so. promoting i'm always you know how it is being an entertainer it's mm-hmm. like we're always promoting people asking people to do stuff so i was like can i just give people something even though i've been giving away everything on twitter and Instagram <laughs> anyway but and he was totally on board that's awesome. and i was like you can't charge people for free love because that's the name of the album yeah right and so but the album is uh the tracks on the album are about crystals about magic yeah like the occult magic um about bigfoot about singularity um you know about talking to your water like dr masuri emoto <laughs> uh had talked about before he died and yeah. did experiments on and so like the whole album is kind of woo stuff well it's stuff that i mean because you've always been into that stuff but it is i'll admit like in the last three years maybe i've i've kind of gotten more into it and it has become more trendy and it is fun to talk about in a group because you know other people are gonna know what which you're is great about. i think which is uh, <laughs> which to me is a great sign yeah. i mean like you could even say like you know women's rights has become trendy 
well good <laughs> people should be talking you know what i mean like in yeah. the way where more people are talking I about it now so, no, um. <laughs> or like so for me like I, i'm not gonna ever let myself be the guy who was like i was into this shit before you yeah like um you're that's not cool like like as if all of this woo, I call it woo because a lot because it's got a negative connotation when people say oh, new age woo. That's what scientists mm. and people like that call it, uh, like hardcore skeptics but and things see, like some that. Some people say new age, but then I think so much of it does tie in with like ancient wisdom, because like I mean, obviously we're talking about so many different things, but like even like um, going to uh, like a fortune teller, like in uh, Chinese culture, they call Swan Ming, and they have this whole system. It's very mathematical. I suppose like. A white girl in Silver Lake going to do that would be considered new age because she's just discovering it. Sure, but, but you know, it's all re- it's rooted in the the, the oldest, the most yeah, ancient wisdom ancient. and folklore it's, and yeah. mythology, and it's it's funny how everything old is new again. Yeah. Right. So I mean, that's exactly what that is, and so I I love telling people I'm into the woo because uh-huh. so many people think of it in a negative way. That I'm like, no, man, this is like, <laughs> I, I love it. So, you know, and like, I'm proud of it. I, you know, I like it. It's, it's fun to be into it, I think. But, um, would so it be I, as fun if it, if people weren't so skeptical? Sometimes I wonder, cause I, I find it really fun, but I think there's something fun about, um, people's reaction to me talking about it. And I'm not sure how well, that might be more of an indication of your personality. <laughs> <laughs> well, just if everyone was like, yeah, no, that's true. I'd be like, Oh yeah, I guess so. Hmm. I don't know. I well, don't know I think it is. <laughs> I think it's more fun that people are into it because, because it leads to conversations about, like in like yeah. explorations about it, like sitting around in a group, like you were talking sure. about, everybody sitting around talking about it. It's like now you're sharing sharing experiences that were crazy. Like I had a pretty intense new moon meditation two nights ago. Um, the new moon for me is oh, like the new moon was so the new moon this is time. like the new moon for me is like that's my jam. That's this that's my phase. Though, I love the most. Like, very yeah, it intense. was like, I, I mean, it fucking destroyed me. But. Oh, I'm sorry. I, like I was doing a release meditation, you uh-huh. know, and I was seeing things and uh-huh. it was pretty cool. But um, so I love sitting around talking about that as opposed to sitting around talking to someone like, oh, I had a pretty intense new moon meditation. If yeah. you're like, oh, that bullshit. Then I'd be like, OK, that's the end of that conversation. Yeah. And like, well, but same with like, I mean. I mean, modern medicine or whatever, you know, pharmaceuticals. We've all read the articles. We know that they're just scammy, bullshitty, but we still take them because it's what's considered mainstream and what the doctors prescribe you. And then yet, you know, I have a friend who um, was on birth control and then a couple of years later they had to come out with new info that it was not safe. And that stuff happens all the time with pharmaceuticals, but we just are like, well, you know, it's a doctor. So I feel like believing in spirituality and like the, the universe is so much less harmful than being like, sure, I'll just take whatever pills people give me. Oh, okay. That doesn't work. Yeah. Great. Like it's the same. It's a fundamental trust issue too. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can't go through our lives never trusting anyone or anything. Yeah. You That's do have to like, that'll drive you, that that'll and, drive you yeah. insane. Like you'll become like highly paranoid. Uh-huh. I mean, we, we see it now. Yeah, fake I news, do get a little, fake I, news, I get fake news, fake like all those people yeah. who are screaming fake news all the time. It's because they, you know, all these people know they. I mean, it's a very effective technique if you're like a dictator and mm-hmm. you want to like cut off all other sources of information. So the people who believed in you in the first place only get their information from you now, right? right. So it's very effective in that way. And, and Trump's not the first person to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it throughout history, it's been done by other effective dictators or fascist type people Mm -hmm. you know and anyone who wants to control people um but like when we can't trust anybody 
Yeah. Like that's like such a problem. Like I want to just be able to trust experts in certain yeah. things because I don't because none of us have the time to do sure. all the research on everything. So sometimes you just have to trust people. And mm-hmm. you know, I feel like we get away from that, especially nowadays where you can't trust anybody. You have to resource every or research everything before yeah. you can say you believe in it. And it's like, well, bro, then I guess I can <laughs> only believe in like three things because I don't have the yeah. time to research everything. And well, still you can be a person. Trust yourself. You can trust your intuition, and you can build that. And so that's going back to spirituality. Like, it's not uh, pointless because if you build your in- intuition and your sort of like um, that sense of like I don't know how to. It's just then you know who to trust. But you do get better at it, and you can yeah. be wrong, and then you learn. You're like, okay, that wasn't the feeling, and then next time you adjust. And it, I think you can learn. That's a lot. one of my least favorite f- uh, phrases or or criticisms of somebody is when they say they flip flopped. Or, or whatever, <laughs> like on their learning, beliefs. Yeah. yeah, it's just learning, right? And yeah. um, I mean, I remember the first time it became, at least for me, at least in my mind, it became a, uh, like a negative phrase or like it was first used. It was uh, George Bush and Al Gore in oh, the debates. Yeah. And George Bush <laughs> kept calling Al Gore a flip-flopper. And it was like a huge thing that helped George Bush. Everyone thought Al Gore was a flip-flopper. And it's like, no, the dude just learned <laughs> and changed his mind. Uh, yeah. and he grew. But, it yeah. is, but it's so hard when you don't know, if you don't know the person and you don't see that because it does just sound like their surface changing their mind. Yeah, which is but, true, which is like a lot of politicians who are like, what do the polls yeah. say? Oh, I'll say whatever it is. Yeah. But it's also very different if you're like, 20 years ago, I was against gay marriage. And now I really like, then it's like, yeah, you want them to change their mind. Like, why would you be mad at someone for changing their mind towards progress? Yeah, I mean, here's a confession <laughs> that yeah. I'm not proud of. Um, this is a bad one. Okay. Um, that same election, the Al Gore, George Bush. I was a one-issue you voter back voted then. voted for the Green Party. I voted yeah. for George Bush <laughs> um, in that election because I was a one-issue voter. Uh-huh. Um, I had... Um, I had started comedy very briefly and then moved a lot, dropped out of college, moved to Los Angeles, and then had a mental breakdown, moved back home and became super religious. Oh, I like know three that. years. I know that your family is um, very conservative. Yeah, oh, so from like, from like the age of 21 to like 24, okay. uh, I was hyper religious. Like I thought the end of the world was happening. Whoa, okay. Like I thought it was post-apocalyptic okay. end times. The book of revelations were, were revealing themselves to be true. Uh-huh. Like, and I had like things in the news that I was like, see, this is happening. You know, I had like the evidence. Fire. And then at one point earlier in my life, I thought I had kind of come up with my own interpretation of the book of revelations in a fictional uh-huh. form that I thought was how it would probably all play out. And then I thought Jesus didn't come back once. He came back a million times and human beings just keep messing up. Anyway, it was like the first screenplay I ever wrote. Wow. And my grandpa called it black. Blasphemous <laughs> when I brought it up at dinner. Anyway, so I thought the world was ending. And okay. um, so I was like, you can't, you can't legalize abortion, man. Hmm, right. And so I was that guy. Okay. And, um, and like, I remember like submitting my ballot and then just like hating myself after I submit, cause I let my grandma's voice in the back of my head <laughs> just be like, they're killing babies. They're <laughs> killing babies, right? And I was just like, I can't vote for somebody who wants to kill babies. It's like uh-huh. I can't. Uh, and I voted for Bush, uh, and that's the last time I ever did something like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that was that's how powerful the religion was when yeah, it came it to like controlling my behavior. It's and then, emotional, you know, right? You start to feel like this is an absolute because I I do think sometimes I 
I mean, I'm, I'm obviously very progressive, but I sometimes I watch the debates unfold and both sides, and I think like we're not speaking the same language because I think from my from the left, it's so I never only lived in big cities. I'm always like, yes, everyone should have the choice, my body, my choice. But then I see this stuff people posting. And I'm like, if I was someone who's really religious, who had no friends like this, what you're saying is driving me further away. Because it is some of, a lot of it's satire, but like people are just like, yeah, I'm fucking killing my baby. I don't care. Like making jokes like but that. But nobody, like, like those people without context, those people have no idea that it it's seems satire, like, And they don't right? really feel that way. And nobody's like, nope, when we talk about legalizing or pro-choice, it's not about like, I'm pro-abortion. It's not like, yes, let's get an abortion. It's just wanting a choice. Yeah, it's not like trying to <laughs> encourage people. Yeah, not get at all. Get pregnant just so we can do it. But I think that's what the other side does here. And I actually do kind of, uh, I don't know if it empathize, sympathize with how they view the world. Because I think if you grow up in that mindset and that's all you see, it is f- very scary to s- if your um, you know leaders are telling you like the other side is trying to kill babies. You're like, no, we don't want that. And that's pretty harsh rhetoric. I mean, yeah. if you if we don't all practice empathy, we're lost. Yeah. You know, and there's there's no chance for us to come together on anything. And you know, I mean, how did how do like great disagreements throughout history how do they get solved? It's not by or at least in a really good way. It's never yeah. by like bombing someone out of existence it's like well can we listen to each other and like that's why they always say like okay we've reached a point where we all have to come to the table Mm -hmm. and like what do you do at a table you talk Talk about it and so and if you're in well the biggest thing you do at the table is probably listen right yeah and so i try to really practice my empathy and develop it i mean i think empathy should be taught in schools yeah um you know, it's not, but I mean, I think that's ideally that's a situation How would they teach of the it future. In schools, though? Well, first of all, you'd have to have, you know, people I've, I've mentioned this once before and someone's like, well, how can teachers who don't have empathy teach empathy? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, obviously all someone as someone who's been a teacher, yeah. you go through training. Sure. to do whatever profession you want to do. So, although ironically, I never went to school <laughs> to be a teacher, but even though I was one, but um, you, you have empathy training. And so then, you know, I think it's all about just trying to under putting yourself in the other person's shoes and trying to understand their, why they believe or feel certain things. I mean, it's basically that simple, I guess. I feel like there's, um, well, this is actually related to the robot stuff, but like, could you teach a robot empathy? Do you think there's a way to, well, I've, I've got the solution for the robot takeover. Yeah. When the robots start taking over, if they do, I've got the solution to save us. Okay. What is it? I've you we slip mushrooms into their (laughs) (laughs) I don't okay I have to say this on the record I'm not afraid of the robot takeover I very much enjoy robots and I love the singularity because I I'm excited for it but I also think that more men that I talk to are like genuinely afraid of the robots taking over and I think there's something about like the powerlessness or feeling like weak that really scares men. Well, for the first time in their lives, they'll be subjugated. Yeah. To their core. Or at least in that kind of way. I mean, there's men, there's plenty of men who have been subjugated already, but But just the idea of like something, a being is stronger than me, because I I feel like to me, of course there's a lot of unknowns and I'm like, yeah, it could go bad, but I, I'm not scared of robots. I'm scared of people who make robots. Like if they become war robots, somebody's making them that way. Otherwise I think a blanket, uh, formulaic machine that can think for itself is very exciting because it's like a pure baby who actually isn't evil. <laughs> I kind of feel like a robot with just a formula to so love. A robot without original sin. <laughs> like a robot with no motive to harm others. Um, 
to me is something that's just there to perform a function and in a very smart way and can like make your life better and if you can teach it to be a companion and provide support like you could teach a robot to love. It sounds love. great to me. I think you could teach a robot to love, and I think you teach it by showing it love. Well, I think if it think becomes, if robots, in fact, become sentient, mm-hmm. have their own self-awareness, to me, that points to having consciousness, developed a consciousness of some kind. I'm not convinced that our consciousness wasn't gifted to us from somewhere else. Oh, 100%. Um, I started thinking about that. I'm going to, okay, I'll, I'll say this real quick. I don't want to get too far on robots because I'll talk about it forever. But just the way we create robots kind of in our likeness what, what we're thinking of these like kind of boston dynamics they're sort of human-like you know they've got limbs and um, when we talk about god creating us in his likeness his hurt whatever also this idea of like whether god is real or not doesn't mean that he stayed around right like we could easily create robots it could get out of hand and we can leave and they'll be like who are our makers in the same way that we could be like, who created us? And it's just this cycle you think, that we, uh, we just... This reminds work. me of uh, like Devil's, a- <laughs> Devil's Advocate, that movie. Did you ever see that with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino? Oh, no. Al Pacino's I mean, the devil. <laughs> and he's trying to convince Keanu Reeves to like join him. And he's like, your God's an absentee landlord. <laughs> like, so reminds, like, so God just kind of is like a deadbeat dad. He might still be around, but I could see it as like an all-knowing, all-powerful God, just like we're all knowing how the robots work, doesn't make us c- completely in control. If that makes sense. It does make sense. So like um, we could yeah. know wh- how the robots work. We literally build them, but why are we scared of them? Well, I'm, I'm totally into the idea of lowercase g. Like I definitely oh, believe oh, that yeah. lowercase yeah. God is, is, you know, is everywhere and all around. I mean, or I wouldn't be trying to do new moon magic. There is like a m- map. If you think about astrology and reading your birth chart in a way that's like looking at the manual for a computer, but you don't need a manual to figure it out. You could just troubleshoot until it works but sometimes it helps to be like oh that's what that button does oh i shouldn't put water on my computer oh okay that's good to know yeah 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 i think that's exactly the same i mean if you believe if you choose to get into it and you know go down this (laughs) path of course and like try to find insight on self but um i mean i'm i mean i guess we can get into this like i've been getting more insight into myself okay through a therapist uh who specializes in ptsd but only so you know all of us could use therapy Right. Sure. And I'm 43. So I could have used therapy a lot sooner, but it took so me you just started recently. Yeah. Like okay. a month and a half ago or so. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Um, That's a well, big thanks. Step. Yeah. And it's now I've got like all kinds of therapy. I mean, well, I mean, technically I've had a shamanic Reiki healer previously who's okay. kind of like a therapist uh-huh. I've never gone to one. since for about a year. Okay. So, which is a lot about working on self do you talk and to the Reiki healer about stuff like do you, is there talk therapy involved or is it mostly just physical? Well, it's mostly talk. Well, it's talk, and then there's like oh, okay. guided meditation, and then there's gotcha. there's also like a very strong psychic element to her. Gotcha. So I mean, she's also deeply psychic. Cool. Talks to communicates with your her spirit guides communicate with your spirit guides, That's you know so cool. things like that. And so, you know, there's um, all kinds of woo going on in a two hour mm-hmm. session with her, and it's amazing. Um, and then you just walk out of there going, "How the hell did she? How did she know of that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like. It's almost like if a th- if you walk into a therapist's office and they're like, you have a fear of commitment and this is why. <laughs> and you're like, what? I didn't even talk about that <laughs> shit yet. But um, I do so. have a joke about how when I went to the fortune teller in Taiwan, it's because they don't have therapists there. But I do truly think that a lot of communities that didn't focus on the science of mental health and or didn't take it seriously actually developed a lot of these sub um, cultures of actually not subcultures because in Taiwan, fortune telling is so mainstream. And I think it's because there's a lack of like therapy and yeah so we need that we need it. that connection yeah, and we need connection i was just thinking it. about this today like in my free writing about 
like all these years, especially as a man, you're told to take care of yourself, uh-huh. be a man, you know, don't, you don't need to ask for help. Mm-hmm. You need to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's like so strong, especially in the Midwestern mentality of growing up a, a man, right. Mm-hmm. Um, of what a boy is supposed to become like self-sufficient. You take care of a family. You take care of yourself. You don't have time to like, gripe and moan and, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, it was, you know, not until recently. I mean, well, I mean, I've been doing the self-help stuff for mm-hmm. years, like the self-help books and all these woo-woo books and, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff like Sid Hearth, I love Herman Hess and, or in all these other books. But, and then after a while I realized, you know, why, if like, if I was trying to make ice cream, why wouldn't, and right next door to me <laughs> was like a master ice cream mm-hmm. maker who dedicated their life to learning how to like make the best cream. Like, why am I, <laughs> why am I over here slopping around in my kitchen? Like, failing at making the best ice cream when the guy right next door or the gal next door have devoted their lives to it. Yeah. Uh, and they are offering their services. And uh-huh. so it's like, now I'm getting some really good ice cream. You and know what I mean? Psychic ice cream maker. I would, that needs to be a thing. I that would, would be that. really cool. I would, that would like you just walk in and all a, the needs you I just have. walk in and they look <laughs> at you and you're like, I know what you need. Yes. And then they come back a, a minute later. That would be really cool. But so I went to this therapist um, we talk about everything, but specifically I had a very traumatic experience in June and this okay. is where it gets scary. And this is a scary story. Okay. So yes. yeah, I don't know what the time restraints on no, this, no, this uh, is, are. This is a good point place where I would ask you if there's anything you want to tell me, but let's just get into yeah, it. So, so what made you want to go to therapy? Well, let me tell you the backstory first that led up to it. Mm-hmm. I went to, uh, well for the last like five, almost, you know, it'll be six years in January. I guess I've been doing the paranormal podcast and, I started a second podcast now with a friend of mine, Angela Lovell, who's like a psychic witch who we do a podcast called This Is Where the Magic Happens. It's all about Uh the occult and witchcraft and like developing a, you know, a practice. Okay. And so I'm kind of like on the the path, Uh so to speak, uh, the magical path as well. And so trying to really like juice up with powers and tapping into energies. And I stay away from the darkness for the most part, Mm -hmm. but at least I try to. But, uh, what do you so, mean by the darkness? Like, do you really, is there, is that like, a, I don't want to, like, I'm not trying, thing yeah, I'm not trying to get into the dark, mag, the dark arts. Oh, of okay, it. That's, There's a definitely a dark like, arts side of it. Trying to make someone do something they don't want. Is that, or, wh- or what no, it's just a, even tapping into the, you know, like, the, you know, let's say demon energy. Oh, okay. Um, or like entities that are quote unquote demons, not necessarily in the, like, the Christian terminology How do of you it. know if they're demons? Well, <laughs> I can't really answer that. Not okay. because I'm not allowed, but because it I'm not really, it right. doesn't feel right. Yeah, right. Something and feels like, like and there's definitely, in. there's, you know, when you, cause there's blood magic, you know, there's, is it supposed to be stronger? Like why would people get into it? Well, you know, I think some, that's exactly why people would okay, get into it. Like, like period like blood. For, like, I don't know what the, the oh, language restrictions on this bod are, there's but no, it's fine. Period blood is probably, it's come to, it's my understanding oh, okay. and what I pr- likely very much believe that period blood is the strongest. Huh. It's the strongest material as we'll call it that, that you can use in magic. Interesting. Um, and that's almost, it seems like a, like in my mind, a stereotype. But now that you're saying it, I'm like, I guess that the stereotype comes from somewhere. Yeah. Just like people joking about like, you know, doing spells with, I mean, it is like, it is the, it is essentially the blood of life, you know? Sure. Oh um, yeah. That's Wow. So, about abortion, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
to me, so like as a man who gets into magic, you know, uh-huh. I'm always like, God, I wish I had some period, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you're just like carrying tampons around. Yeah. Like, but then probably tampon? so period blood and then probably sex magic. And then probably, uh-huh. I mean, I don't know different people What's have to sex magic, diff- sex like magic is yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sexual fluids using sex, sexual fluids or the act of sex uh-huh. with intent. Whoa. Like you draw a pentagram well, on, like you you, right you put a pentagram with crystals, like a grid <laughs> on your floor. And then at a certain time, you and another person or you alone have sex with the intent of something, of, of creating something. Whoa. And then like a that's, demon baby. well, not really a <laughs> demon baby, but like, <laughs> okay. like say you want to buy a new house. The president. Oh, okay. You know, and you're, you're looking for like a, an I influx see. of abundance. Gotcha. And so maybe you, you both focus, uh, in a, you know, pentagram grid, which uh-huh. pentagram is cool by me. It's totally fine. It's like bas- been bastardized as this like satanic symbol, but it, that's not what it's sure. about. It's just about, you know, the, the, the elements. And the yeah. Game. And all the elements in that. Anyway, so mm-hmm. I, so I'm into all this stuff. Okay. And so my podcast has inadvertently something I never really anticipated happening when I started it. Like, put me like fully into that world of mm-hmm. where I know now I know a lot of these people or I've met. And so now I'm into all kinds of stuff and have read about all kinds of things. So I, I started doing paranormal investigations a few years back and that leads me into other friendships with people, mm-hmm. which all kind of strangely has taken me out of comedy as much. I was, I mean, I was just like 100% comedy guy, uh-huh. you know, when I moved here and like, like all I did, was like stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. You know, I'd write some stuff and act and things uh-huh. like that. But now I'm like, you know, doing all these paranormal investigations, having these other weird things happen. And then I also like I met still you doing comedy. While you were transitioning, like, because I, when you were already doing your podcast when I met you, and I knew you were saying up and you were around, but you were definitely, we definitely talked every time we talked, I feel like some element of like the occult or spirituality. Yeah, it's hard up. for it not to come up yeah. for me anymore. And so I get asked to, a friend of mine, Ed Brown, who is a kind of is a well-known Bigfoot researcher. Okay. His girlfriend, Claudia Ackley, is also well-known in the Bigfoot community. She's actually suing the state of California to try to get Bigfoot recognized as Whoa. a dangerous creature in part, not like state parks, because her and her daughters had a terrifying experience when oh, they were whoa. hiking in Lake Arrowhead. And um, so, well, is Ed Brown. Bigfoot, uh, it mo- located in California? I thought, for some reason, I thought it was Bigfoot was located more in the middle of America. Bigfoot's everywhere. everywhere. Okay. Bigfoot's everywhere in the world, I okay. think, it, by different names. Gotcha. Like the, uh, the Sasquatch, uh, Skunk Ape, uh-huh. uh, the Yeti. And there's more than one. Uh, yeah, and the like idea. the Himalayas. Oh, yeah, there's... The community. It's not just like... A, it's not like the Loch... How people would think of the Loch Ness like monster, monster. Even though there are multiple Loch Ness monsters, I've been told. Okay. That's also like a thing that people, anyway, so who knows? But so Bigfoot is a species gotcha. of creature, allegedly. Allegedly a species. Right? But so there's, I've also heard like the, um, that Bigfoot is a woman or female, but if there's more than one, then they might have different ones, right? There might be ma- men. Or well, are they all women? From everyone I've ever talked to, there's men and women and children oh, okay. and things like that. I believe. We can get into. We'll tell you okay. what I believe no, about okay. Bigfoot here in I a second. But I'll let you Bigfoot now, to me, is a paranormal creature. Okay. I'm almost full into the camp of paranormal, as opposed to undiscovered ape species. Okay. So, I get asked. He call, Ed Brown calls me up one day. Uh uh-huh. um, It's the very beginning of this year, and he goes, "Do I have a story for you?" And I was like, oh, "Okay, boy. tell me the story." He goes, "I need to ask you if you want to be a part of a documentary." And I was like, 
okay, tell me more. Uh-huh. But probably yes. He goes, <laughs> what if I told you I have lo- I have access to a location that is the Skinwalker Ranch of the South? And if you don't know what the Skinwalker Ranch is, it's because you're not in the world of paranormal stuff. But <laughs> it is like the craziest activity, hotbed of activity in the United States, at least, of paranormal wow. activity. Is it the one with the alien farm? Skinwalkers, okay. aliens. It's like a 4,000-acre ranch Arizona? up in the northwest. Uh, it's like up okay. in the northwest. Oh, okay. And it's uh, owned by Robert Bigelow. It was. Okay. Who's a billionaire who has his own private space company. He's the guy you don't hear. You hear about Bezos and you hear about Elon Musk, but you never hear about Bigelow. Uh-huh. But Bigelow used to be in charge of the government's UFO reporting hotline. Oh, okay. And is, there's a... He uh, owns the microtels, all um, those hotels. Tom and DeLonge, stuff. I saw from Blink-182, is like working with him, right? Is I don't know if he's right? working with Bigelow or, he's or not, but he's like this, to the Stars Academy with a bunch like of people that, from yeah. the government who used to be in the government and stuff. Like, uh, like all the Navy pilots who talked about who are active duty, who talked about seeing UFOs while flying that, that was on the long show that came out recently. And it was, it became well enough known that my mom even texted me alien. They're talking, they say (laughs) UFOs are real. And I was like, yeah, I've been telling you this shit for years, (laughs) you know? Um, because Roswell happened over 70 years ago. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and that's like been proven beyond the shadow of any doubt that that was a cover up. I mean, the fact that the article the next day, like they, they put an article in the newspaper about how a UFO crashed. And then the yeah. next day they're like, weather balloon. And it's like such, uh-huh. it's so clearly a BS cover-up story. Yeah. And the people who were involved in the cover-up even came out years later and said that it was a cover-up. It's like ga- like ultimate gaslighting. But then there's cognitive dissonance because at that point when people chose to believe it, it's like, well, if we all believe this thing that widely has been told is like silly then we are silly. So until we reach a critical mass where everyone believes it. Nobody, now you're a total idiot. Now you're person. a total yeah. weirdo and an idiot and if you believe in this design. stuff. And that's like why it was so disappointing to me when I saw like the the army on the internet like mm. making fun of the Storm Area 51 people. Uh-huh. Everybody just immediately like on Twitter and everything just started like uh-huh. making fun of these people. And it's like, to me, there's two big things. The two biggest things in the world are uh-huh. disclosure about ufos and aliens i mean ufos you can't no one with a reason like if you denied the existence of ufos even before this tv show came out recently that's because you're being willfully ignorant like to me you were like that's like saying that the earth is flat well the government literally has a department to invest i mean they have a fancy name for it but why would they spend all that money and yeah there was so much evidence so many years there's so much evidence that if in the last couple years if anyone said ufos are bs i'm like you might as well just be telling me the earth is flat right now because Mm -hmm. there's so much evidence you sound like an idiot right now now who flies the ufos I, I can't tell you who flies the UFOs, uh-huh. right? That's the different. That's a different story altogether. Well, we're thinking Hol- also we're thinking Hollywood UFOs now. We so we're thinking like, well, of course these little green space aliens don't exist the way that we've drawn them, and they probably don't exist that way. Just like witches in Hollywood have become this like caricaturized like pointy nose fly off on a broom, which yeah, yeah. witches exist. They just they're not like that, but yeah, they exist. So yeah, so like that. It's so it's like life after death, okay. like ghosts. To me, because if you know that aliens are real and that you know that we're part of an intergalactic neighborhood, that changes everything. Mm. And then if you also understand that death isn't real in the way we understand it, interesting, um, that you don't just because your meat suit is gone <laughs> doesn't mean you're dead, that your consciousness moves on. Like if we understand but that death isn't real, might not feel anything. Well, I think people are afraid of death. Not everyone, but some people who think about death as being scary is that. 
is actually more like the absence of life. It's not the idea of an unknown. It's like the pain that you feel. And that's all associated with being alive. So people aren't actually afraid of dying. They're afraid of literally getting their life taken away, the act of that. And that's actually all related to being alive. Like all the pain you would feel when you're bleeding out or you're whatever, you smash yeah. your head. All that has to do with being alive. The minute you're dead, the pain goes away. Yeah, exactly. So I think that our world is completely, it's like night and day. That's how different it is. Once okay. we realize that we're a small part of an intergalactic neighborhood okay. and that death isn't real. So okay. to me, that's like, that's what the paranormal is. Sure. You know, aliens and ghosts, yeah. like for the most part. So um, the Skinwalker Ranch has UFOs, skinwalkers, all this kind of stuff, right? Okay. And so I get asked to go to Florida to be a part of this property that's 30 acres this couple lives there this is like the the doing late night of the paranormal world you're like i'm gonna go to skinwalker ranch it's like a big yeah. deal you're like, yeah okay. so this is a big deal to be asked to be part of this right okay. and so we're going down there for five days and five nights mm-hmm. so i go there and i'm told that there's two rules okay that we have to abide by while we're on the property and i'll meet the people who live there because they'll be there the whole time and they end up being the biggest sweethearts in the world mm-hmm. um it's out in the middle of nowhere um, this couple built their dream home like outside the city in the sticks, uh-huh. you know, even though she's retired, was a former police dog trainer and first responder. And okay. he's like an, the architect, a state architect for Florida. Mm-hmm. Anytime a building, a, a government building in Florida needs to be built, he has to approve it. Okay. Right. So they're it's like successful, shot. like grounded. Yeah. Like people who have built a great life for themselves. So they built this house like 16 years ago and then Things go crazy out okay. there, right? There's reports of UFOs, uh-huh. orbs, which who knows what orbs are, um, ghosts, um, uh, creatures, Whoa. including but not limited to Bigfoot, okay, and portals. How do people all know if there's no like with Bigfoot with the lore around Bigfoot? Like you know, the people say there's no um, very clear photograph. How do people know when they see the creature that they, they label that as Bigfoot and not something else? I think so if it's, feel if like it's Bigfoot, if it's large it's enough, it's a big monster. I mean, cause if Bigfoot. you, if you go down the rabbit hole enough, if you just spend like four or five hours yeah. of one day, like going down the YouTube rabbit hole of Bigfoot, you find a bunch of videos that have creatures yeah. in them. Well, you think about, cause I mean, the reason I'm bringing that up too is when I think about the animal kingdom, like a rabbit, May never have seen it. May, some rabbits never see a crocodile in their life. But if it does run into one, it's like, fuck, that thing's dangerous. And I know instinctively I got to get the fuck away. And I wonder if it's like we are in the animal kingdom that way and we see aliens and monsters and we think that we're just like the head of our food chain, just like they're like living their little pristine life. Um, but those are our predators. And so we do feel an innate fear when we see it in the same way that like a mouse seeing a cat for the first time be like, yep. That thing's going to kill me. I don't know. I mean, I don't know either. I mean, I, luckily, I've never seen... We just don't see and they're I've never us. seen anything like that that's okay. given me the thing, but I have had that experience. And I was in Florida at this place. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So th- there's two rules while we're there. The rules are you can never be alone on the property without okay. one of the armed guards. Okay. So there's armed guards, armed uh-huh. security, like cops who are like on took vacation days or whatever <laughs> to come to the property. And they're also enthusiasts. One of them is, okay. and the other two are not. There's okay. three of them there. And um, a, one of them is a, uh, like a wildlife and game warden. Uh-huh. So like he like runs the forest, right, up okay. in Northern California. Another guy is a buddy of his who trains SWAT teams. He's also an interrogation expert. Whoa. 
Um, and the other guy's a friend of theirs who's like owns a gun shop and also has like I get maybe cop or military experience. I, I, I didn't know as much about him. Um, so we're there for four days and four nights. And the other rule is you're not allowed to talk about the other research team that comes out to the property hmm. like on a regular basis. What do you mean? Uh, that there's another research team. Oh, you just can't talk about it. That comes out, out to the property like, an NDA kind of like thing. R- on a regular basis that you're not allowed to talk about who they are. Okay. And, um, but they're out there a lot. Cryptic. And they're the ones who actually told them, don't let anybody out here without armed protection. If people come out here to hang out and see the property, don't let them be alone because it's dangerous out here. Now these people show up to the property and the property owners, well, the property (laughs) owners, I'll just say this, the property owners cannot stop them from coming to their property. Okay. So without saying it, you know, I think you understand. Um, So they can't stop these people. Uh, The people (laughs) had been coming and researching their property for years, for like six or seven years before the woman caught them on the property one day because they didn't know she'd be home sick from work. And then they quickly uh, showed her that it was beyond their control to stop Mm, them from coming. The scariest predator, other humans. Yeah. So, but then over the last couple years, the last two years, now that they, once they became aware that they were coming there, uh-huh. now that they've become, now they'll actually like give them a heads up. Hey, gotcha. we're coming out. You know, they've become friendly because they sure, spent so much time there. To, yeah, and um, so they've given a lot of information to the homeowners. Okay. That was passed on to me. And then, you know, like uh-huh. the portals, like for example, they're coming out to study a portal that's on the property that Whoa. creatures are coming through. Interdu- and like, apparently they discovered portals 35 years ago. Um, wow. And they're trying to figure out what and where they all are around the, the earth and what's coming through them, right? They told this woman who lives there who comes from a long line of witches that uh, she subconsciously created another portal mm. to have creatures come out to protect her from the ones that are coming out of the other one. It's a balance. I feel like right? there's all... It's. I, I mean, I, I don't ever really know, know anything that's going on truly. Like, I'm not religious, but I like to believe in a lot of things. But one thing I always come back to is balance. I think there is something about... Not literally like yin and yang, but I do think there's something in that ancient philosophy. But what you're describing checks out because it's sort of like when something's off balance, it's going to... Yeah, I didn't think of it that way before, but yeah, that makes total sense. So, I mean, I know a lot of this sounds crazy and like beyond belief, but this is all the information I've been told that is happening at this property. Okay, so you show up and you So we get out there, we're out there for uh, five days and five nights. The first few days, and it's creepy out there. It's sure. creepy. And I'm sleeping in a shack, okay. like this little like shed with my buddy Ed. And uh, it's, uh, I can't even go out at night to, to pee. And there's like a camera when he's asleep. documenting this? Yeah, well, of? it's like a ragtag group of okay. people out there. Yeah. So there's a couple guys working cameras and stuff, but like the, everybody goes to sleep eventually. Sure. So like I couldn't even, if I woke up in the middle of the night, and had to use the bathroom, I couldn't. You're just like, nope. I was like, I'm not going out there. I'll, p- I'll piss my pants before <gasps> I go outside. That's how scary it is. And we had a digital wow. recorder on the window, <gasps> on the inside windowsill of the shed. Uh-huh. And then one night we both were asleep. You can hear Ed snoring in the audio. Okay. And you hear, which is one of the big, big Bigfoot um, signs is wood knocks it's like a bigfoot well that's how they com- that's the theory is they communicate with each other over long distances by Whoa. taking large sticks and banging trees <gasps> and you can hear on this digital recorder right outside <gasps> the shed Bye. something is banging <gasps> like knocking a tree it's in 
it's indistinguishable. I mean, it's it's very distinct is what I yes. mean. Yes, okay. And it's creepy <gasps> knowing that I was right there oh while all that was happening. So And it didn't wake you up? It didn't wake me up. And uh, there was pretty thick wood walls on this shed. And there was also a window AC unit that was old and very loud. Okay. Um, but you could still hear the wood knocks. So I want to do a paranormal investigation inside the house. And I keep mentioning that to Carolyn, who's uh-huh. the woman who lives there, and her husband, Bill. And uh, she doesn't really know me yet, so she's kind of like, you know, feeling me out for the first couple mm-hmm. days. And then on the like the night of the third day, Ed tells me, he's like, oh, so tomorrow Carolyn told me she wants you to do a paranormal investigation in the house. Okay. So you can go, and she, but she said she wants you to do it alone because you have a different energy than the rest of the guys. Huh. And which I think what she meant by that was the rest of the guys had guns on their hips and I had crystals in my pocket. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I was definitely a different energy guy. Yes. Uh, as to most of the crew. And she is the witch. She's the okay. witch. She's probably like a 60 something. Okay. Tiny old woman. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, who I believe has crazy incredible like powers. Uh-huh. I mean, she's like, Destroyed so many electrical appliances at their house just by touching them. But anyway, so that's a whole other story. So (sighs) I go to do a paranormal investigation in the house by myself. And Carolyn and Bill are there. um, But they're just sequestered in their room as I like shut down all the lights. And I'm in there for a couple hours. I don't really get anything. Um, And then we go into their room later after the investigation's kind of over and we're talking. She's like, oh, you never did the room. I mean, she's from like... You know, Uh Southern Alabama. So like, she's like, you need to come in the room, Ron. (laughs) And so I come in the room and I don't get any EMF readings. When you do the investigation, you're kind of holding like the tools. I got tarot cards. I've got dice. I've got dowsing rods. I've got a night vision camera, full Uh spectrum. I've got digital recorder uh, for EVPs. I've got a spirit box, which is a radio that cycles through stations that you hope to make contact through. By getting sentences that make sense that are very specific uh-huh. uh, when they shouldn't be. Have you ever heard anything on it? Yeah, multiple times. <gasps> and on that one, on okay. that particular night, I did get, I said, um, I asked, uh, why am I here? Okay. And the spirit box said, you set it up. <gasps> and then I mm-hmm. said, uh, who, uh, or like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Or like, what should, is there anything I should know? I think the question was, is there anything I should know? And the spirit box goes, I'm in you. What? Oh, my God, so scary. And so, right? But I never felt too scared in the house because, okay. at least at this point, you were because she's so, such a powerful witch. Okay. She's got the whole house on lockdown. Sure. And I didn't get any EMF readings, meaning like the reader didn't register any electromagnetic frequencies uh-huh. uh, in the whole house except for the Wi-Fi router. Okay. Usually that's like an indication there's some energy floating around, right? Yeah. Uh, and then she brings me into the room and she goes, oh, you didn't do bring your EMF reader into the room. So I was like, okay. okay, so I was like, this is funny. Like you, you asking me to, you two are asking me to bring it into your bedroom. That's uh-huh. kind of funny, right? I go around the whole room. And I don't get anything except in front of this mirror. Uh-huh. The meter goes crazy. Okay. Like crazier than almost when it was in front of the Wi-Fi router, and which is like so, yeah. yeah. And so I look and it's essentially, there's just a empty circular wooden table that has like a pentagram on it. Okay. And it has like a decorative clock glass dome battery powered i ask her to remove that it still goes crazy i'm like something's going on right here okay. carolyn tell me what it is and she goes that's my altar that's why i do my prayers uh-huh. and i was like oh so you do your magic here and i was like this is facing east probably then and she goes yeah and i was just like i was just like blown away by it wow because you could feel it yeah. yeah and so then shortly after that ed and the rest of the 
some of the rest of the crew that come back from being at the different part of the property where they are investigating where the night before we did get a creature on night a thermal camera thermal scope Whoa. after hearing something run away from us in the uh, woods and it was like pitch black we were doing a paranormal investigation of this abandoned cabin that was okay. out in the woods just creepy that's stuff scary. right there was a million spiders in this place it was <laughs> it was really creepy part, truly. and we spiders, also had, i think are demons like is that a commonly believed thing in the Bigfoot I, community i've never heard that okay, but <laughs> just feel an they energy. will crawl into your mouth and lay feel babies in your energy stomach energy from them yeah. when i look at them that it's like pure evil so yeah okay so uh carolyn wants me to sleep in the house that night um because one of the guest rooms had opened up mm-hmm. they have two guest rooms and like their daughter or not their daughter somebody had been staying there I just and, imagine uh, her holding like a glass of wine anytime she asks you to like, come in the room, yeah, come yeah. in the house. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I go, I go, okay. And she goes, I want you to sleep in the dream chamber. And I was like, what's it. the dream chamber? She goes, it's the, one of the guest rooms in our house where people have the craziest dreams <gasps> of their life. Whoa. In fact, her daughter had such, a, one of her daughters had such an intense, crazy dream in the guest she room never woke that up. she woke up okay. <laughs> in the middle of the night and then left the house didn't uh-huh. even grab her all of her stuff and she's never returned what? she's never come back to the house she didn't contact them or anything well no she let them know i mean oh, like oh, she they're like they're like why'd you leave and she's like i'm never coming back to that house again <gasps> after what and she didn't i experienced in that room it was i didn't get the details of that that's so scary so i was like hell yeah i'll but sleep in the like, dream chamber i was like hell like, yeah i'll sleep sure. in the dream chamber <laughs> and that's just one of the stories of people sleeping in that room Okay. Right? So I'm like, hell yeah, I'm sleeping in the dream chamber. And I'm it didn't like, feel like she is trying to like fuck with you, like causing. Like, no, no, she's a, she's a sweetheart she's of a woman. Like, no, she's a sweetheart. Let me make you dream stuff. If you met this woman, you'd be like, this is the sweetest woman I've ever met. So in my she life. just wanted you to have the experience you came yeah. for. Okay. She wanted me to continue my investigation. Okay. In the house, because they want things documented on their property and at the house, because you know you feel crazy when you sure. go through all this by yourself. Yeah. And having va- outside validation is very meaningful for people. Uh huh. Um, to like give them restore balance into their lives, into their like what mental well being. Yeah, and not to mention like physical well being. Like I mean, she's, I mean, because when you have mental, I mean, she's in PTSD therapy because of all the experiences she's had out there with like being growled at and mm-hmm. creatures, seeing creatures <gasps> and things like that. Right. So I've got all these kind of stories that I'm compiling in my mind sure. the whole time I'm there and beforehand i hear the stuff so i'm primed and ready for like crazy stuff and we're getting some interesting stuff we're getting footprints you know making cast of a footprint that someone found there's a huge structure that didn't seem to be made in any other way other than by a strong beast that's very typical what does the bigfoot look like like a, it like was a, a giant foot? it was like yeah it was like well it was a giant yeah like a giant okay. human foot barefoot mm. um so we, I'm like, okay, well, you want me to sleep in the dream chamber? I'm, let me go get my dream. <laughs> let me go get my dream journal, Carolyn. So, like, I had to go down the like sandy dirt driveway through uh-huh. the woods to get my journal and my toiletry bag. I like that she calls it a dream chamber. Like, it's like the boom boom room from yeah, Bachelor yeah. <laughs> in Paradise. It's like you get, you win a night in the dream chamber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Ed Brown and I walk back down to the shed, and we're having uh-huh. a good time talking about what we're going to do tomorrow it's the last day we're going to go revisit the portal site and see if our trail cameras picked up any activity uh-huh. things like that and this other guy david wright who's a well-known bigfoot guy he's also part of the crew but he's really good friends with the family because he lives close by mm-hmm. he's in their other guest room so he's still in the house in the kitchen okay um carolyn goes to bed david wright's still up i leave with ed mm-hmm. and we walk down there we're talking having a good time I walk into the sugar shack. That's what they called the shed. <laughs> and I get my notebook and my dream journal. And uh, I'm walking back up to, I'm getting ready to leave the shack. And I walk out of the shack and Ed looks to me and he says, I was like, I'll see you tomorrow. He goes, be safe. 
And I was like, that's weird. You haven't said be safe to me the whole time. That's like kind of creepy, <laughs> right? Like, what do you know? And so he closes the door behind me as I walk out. Okay. And you l- it's like these thick wooden doors and they've been insulated and stuff. So he's got like a deadbolt lock on the inside. So he closes the door. Okay. I hear him kind of lock it. I walk off the porch and I walk to my left, which is starting to go up. There's about 150 yard driveway through uh-huh. the through the trees. The only thing I can see is like the, um, what is it? The, uh, what's the light? Like a fog light or whatever that real bright light is. I, oh, I can't like remember. I, I'm no. not sure why I can't remember, but it's this light the they have. It's this light they have on the outside of their, by their porch that lights up their whole yard. Okay. Right. Um, and I can barely, I can see that a little bit. Okay. Through all the trees and stuff. It's pitch black and I have a flashlight. And, um, so the shack is pretty far from the house. You, cause yeah, it's about 150 yards. Okay. Yeah. Downhill. Gotcha. And um, through all the trees. Okay. And so I get about seven, ten steps up and the driveway. And it's okay that you're not with the armed people? Like, well, I hadn't even occurred to me. Okay. But that, but when they say the rules, is it more when you're exploring or you're, or tr- you're not really supposed yeah, to? Yeah, well, it's supposed to be the whole time. Wow. Okay. But it didn't even occur to me. Ed and I were having so much fun just talking about stuff on the way back down. It I didn't even occur to me that I was by myself. Okay. And it's the first time I'm by myself on the property. Okay. Especially at night. <gasps> The whole time I've been there. And that's almost five, almost, you know, four full days. Uh-huh. And then from directly behind me. Oh my gosh. In the woods. Mm-hmm. Like just beyond the sugar shack. I hear something scream at me. <gasps> like it was, um, I've never been able to go back through my memory and like walk through the whole event. Cause I'll get up to the moment where the scream is going to happen and I stop. I just can't do You're it. like repressing it. Yeah. And that's why I'm seeing a therapist, Whoa. PTSD, to try to work through it. To figure out um, what happened. I hear a scream that, I mean, I can only, like, I guess the kind of funny way to describe it, but also like 100% accurate, uh-huh. is if the devil had a home birth that went wrong. Oh, no. Like, so it was like, that horrifying of a scream. Like bodily it was, things? No, it was just, just like, it was high-pitched, it had vibrato, okay. and then it almost ended with like a, like, almost like a crazy laugh. and I turn around and as I'm turning around, I'm instantly realizing what's happening (gasps) and what I believe to be happening is I'm fucking dead. Whoa. Like I am no longer, like I am the bottom of the food chain. Like we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Like I'm not going to, I'm not surviving. Whatever this thing is. Whatever it is, I'm not surviving this experience. It's the first time I've ever had mortal fear. Wow. And I, I start to scream. Uh-huh. I'm trying to scream two different things at the same time. Okay. I'm trying to scream the word avalanche, which is our code word for the security guards. Meaning if we yell avalanche, that means they have their finger on the trigger ready to kill something that's uh-huh. coming at us. So it's not to be joked about, not to be messed with. Sure. Don't like pretend like, oh, don't even make a joke about avalanche, right? Yeah. Because if they hear avalanche, they're ready to kill something. No Ben Stiller and meet the parents. Exactly. Uh-huh. So, but then I realize as I start to scream avalanche, I start to realize, I realize there is no avalanche because they're back at the hotel already. Oh no. So they and don't then, even stay the night? No, not on the, there wasn't room on the property. you're not supposed to be out at night anyways is the kind of, right? Well, they just decided to stay in hotels. Like it was like five minutes down the road. Okay. Um, so there was no avalanche to yell. So and then I like also at the same time I want to yell avalanche, I start to yell Ed, call uh-huh. for Ed for help. 
And but then at the same time I'm yelling Ed, I realize I don't want Ed coming outside because he's uh-huh. closer to this thing than I am even, right? Yeah. So I'm like yelling like <laughs> like but then like trying to stop myself from screaming and yelling, but I have to let something out. Uh-huh. So it's like a scream and a whimper and it's like I start running as fast as I can. Uh-huh. And um I'm like hyperventilating almost already. And um I get to about three fourths up the driveway and somehow it's probably the most courageous thing I've ever done in my life. I turned my head backwards to see if if it was behind me um which is might sound silly to someone listening like oh that's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life but yeah it is because you have to fight that mortal fear and so fight or flight literally yeah and so i look behind me to see how close i am to being caught Uh by whatever monster this is which i believe at the time is a bigfoot okay um and i don't i'm not of the like the throw some beef jerky you know at a bigfoot i like i don't think of bigfoot in that way at all i think of this creature that could fucking kill you uh-huh. like just rip your head off if i wanted to like that's how i think of a bigfoot when i think of it it's not like uh-huh. all fun it's not fun and games for me like in that way so i turn around thinking i'm going to see some kind of bigfoot or creature that came out of this portal or whatever that's going to kill me um and i'll and uh, I don't see anything. And I get to the gate. I somehow, it took me like, it felt like forever to be able to unlatch the gate, to get into the, the gate for the front yard. Uh-huh. And I, then I close it and I have to latch it because my mom's in my head. You're a guest at someone's home. Don't be rude. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then I also thought if I leave the gate open, I'm like inviting in, this yeah. thing in. Um, so I get to the front porch, to the door, and it, luckily it's open and I close the door. And I lock it and I'm just like shaking and like I can't even speak. And David Wright is standing in the kitchen oh. and he's looking at me like I'm a ghost. Oh no. Like that's how he's that's how he looks when he's looking at me. Yeah. And he just goes, What happened to you? And I just thought <laughs> and I start crying. Uh, and I'm shaking and I'm just like I start tearing. Yeah. All, and um I'm like, I don't know what happened to this. You know, it's like nothing I've ever experienced. And so then I try to recreate the noise for him, which I failed at miserably, but it was quite loud. And it's like one in the morning on like a Wednesday. Yeah. And so Carolyn comes out of her bedroom because she hears a loud noise. She thought David was having a stroke in the kitchen or something. And she comes out, she's like, David. And then she looks over and notices me by the door and she goes, oh my God, you saw it. Like that was the first words out of her mouth. Uh-huh. Like she realized she by looking at me, she's seen what I, what I even, and I was like, I didn't see it, but I heard it. And she goes, Oh my God, Ron, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she came over and hugged me and she's like, no one should ever have to experience this. There've been like, I think six men who have come out to the property. Cause it's in within like certain, like a very small Bigfoot circle. Uh-huh. This property is known as being insane. So a couple of people have been able to get out onto the property over the years. Uh-huh. Right. No one's been able to film like we were. Yeah. Um, for a documentary, a full-fledged documentary, but they've been out th- to the property. People have been out to the property, like Bigfoot Research Organization, which is BFRO. They have done a few expeditions out there, things like that. But uh, I have a question that might sound stupid, but in the Bigfoot world, because c- you, you, the Bigfoot community believes that it's like a very terrifying and real threat, right? It's not just like let's see, it's cute, take a picture. Well, there's different ideas about it, yeah, but that's but the there, prevailing a, thought is a that they're that a, thinks that. But then th- that's also the group that's most dedicated to looking for it yes so what is that driving you to look for this thing that's very dangerous and be face to face what if you truly believe it's there and you're like wouldn't it be safer not to try to see it for sure 100 percent. that's 100 percent true what but is the drive to trying to show people that this thing is real okay. and that there's that they're not as safe as they think they might be when they're out in like gotcha. national parks mm. and like in the woods and stuff like so that it's almost like you can't look away you have to find this you have to like yeah just trying to raise thing. awareness okay 
and trying to prove, you know, and then so many people have had experiences and sure. like we talked about my joke about Bigfoot earlier, but yeah, yeah. like that's the, the main belief for me in Bigfoot comes from the fact that so many people said they've seen it or yeah, yeah. had an encounter. And for me, that's enough to, you know, I don't distrust every single person. I, oh, they're all <laughs> stupid hillbillies or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, I choose to believe people. Um, and it's like, it took me, you know, they talked me down in the kitchen that night mm-hmm. a little bit after a she while. What, so she was like, that's, that's Bigfoot. She's like, you, she's like, that's one of the monsters out here. It's one of the creatures out here. <sighs> and, um, and so I told David Wright, I was like, I can't sleep in the dream chamber. <laughs> I was like, I cannot sleep in the crazy dream room tonight. Not, yeah, so not we switched that. rooms. I didn't sleep at all. I was up till about 630 in the morning until the sun came up. Um, at one point I thought I heard heavy footsteps outside the window, uh, where the headboard of the bed was. Um, you know, there's a sense of feeling marked, like you feel like you've been marked and you know, some people theorize that Bigfoot has like a supersonic quality to its scream and that it can like, it causes you physical, it can cause like physical alterations to you. Like when it's screaming at you, that makes, that That elicits such fear. Well, it doesn't like forever change you, but Mm -hmm. it can like maybe mark you, but there's a quality of vibration to the scream to where it can, it elicits a physical reaction. Hmm. Um, and there have been, uh, the stories I heard were multiple guys, tough guys have been out on that property, like big, you know, Uh, ex military uh hunters, guys like that. And have had experiences on that property where they were reduced to tears and have, and immediately left the property (gasps) upon having that experience, like got out of there as fast as they could. Um, apparently there's a growl that you can hear that is, uh, not what I heard. Um, it's recorded. Um, no, it's not. The growl is not recorded, but the growl has been heard by a couple people, Carolyn, uh, her dog and one of these guys, um, which apparently is the most awful thing you could ever hear. Like she one night heard it with her dog, Ozzy, this great Mm -hmm. big golden retriever, this old dog. He's great. And uh, they were outside. They were out in the yard. Yeah. And then the growl came. She freaks out, starts screaming, uh, tries to get Ozzy inside the house. And he's like, he's just shaking too badly. He, he oh, can no. barely get into the house. She finally gets in the house. Bill's like, what's going on? He goes outside and she goes, don't you go outside. It's going to kill us. It's going to kill us. And Bill go, goes outside with like a shotgun and she goes, and she's screaming at him, oh. get inside the house, get inside the house. They have like these thick wooden shutters they put on all their windows now yeah. that are like locked. So you can't, you'd have to like really have some strength to rip these shutters off the windows to get into the house. Uh-huh. And the next day when she woke up, Ozzy was just standing in the kitchen throwing up blood. Oh my God. Like, so it like has this like physical Whoa. effect on the body, Aww. like hearing that growl. And, um, Poor so the next night I had to stay there two more nights after that. I mean, I wanted to leave. Did, did David have any weird dreams? No, not that he, okay. not that he mentioned. He didn't have the energy that you did. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I stayed one more night, barely slept and then, um, left around noon, uh, on that day, following day. And then I got, I drove as, I drove past Houston. That's how I was like, uh-huh. I need to get far away from this place. So I drove like a thousand miles. Wow. Past Houston, got a hotel, and then could barely sleep because I was on the first floor of the hotel, and there's a window. And I was like, I can't uh, sleep because 
something can get in this window. I'm on the first floor. I should have got on the second floor and I couldn't fall asleep. Uh-huh. I mean, I eventually fell asleep with like the lights on, the TV on. Mm-hmm. I slept for a few hours and then drove as far as I could the next day. Slept a little bit better because I made sure I got like the third or the top floor of the hotel. Uh-huh. I told him I was like, I need the top floor. Like, Bigfoot's after me. Can I yeah, have the top Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it's funny because I got pulled over that first day about two hours outside of town mm. by an Alabama cop. Uh-huh. Uh, right out, right. And I was out of Florida and uh, he pulled me over just for having out of state plates mm. that far away from home, and which happens all the time when you're on the road. Sure. And when they see California plates, they're like, what are you what He's drugs are from, you? Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> and so he said, California, it's a long way from home. What are you doing out here? And I was like, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> and he goes, try me. And I go, I was just camping out for five days and five nights doing a documentary looking for Bigfoot and other paranormal stuff. And he goes, really? <laughs> Did you find him? And I go, no, but I heard him. And he goes, oh, you heard him? And I held out my hand. Uh-huh. Like to the passenger side window where like it was rolled down because he's on that side of my car yeah. and it was still shaking. And I go, see that? That's because I heard him. And he's like, no, you're just on meth. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so he looks at me and he's just like, that's when he realizes like I'm like very serious. Yeah. Like my eyes, my eyes are probably even watering up when uh-huh. I tell him that. And uh, he goes, huh. You know, who I always thought they sh- people should be looking for is Chupacabra. <laughs> and I go, oh, so you're into this stuff. Uh-huh. And he goes. Uh, and I go, I bet you've seen some stuff out here. He goes, eh. Ah. And I go, well, I don't, I'm not really into the Chupacabra. It's like younger than Miley Cyrus. <laughs> like Chupacabra, I'm not so into. I, I'm not so sure Chupacabra is real. Is that just like a younger, hotter Bigfoot? It's just like this goat sucker. It's like, that's what it translates to. Like cattle mutilations and like goats, oh. dead goats and things. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I'm just not so sure the Chupacabra is a, a real thing but um and it's only been around for about 20 years it's kind of yeah urban legend type. yeah it's a newer one for sure but um and then uh i pressed him a little bit on like telling <laughs> me some of the crazy shit he's seen yeah being a highway patrolman and uh he wouldn't and then he just let me go <laughs> but then uh i've been sleeping with the lights on ever since it's wow, been that, was, that was in june so it's been what four months almost Wow. So, um, and you, and you said there was like memory loss cause you don't remember a gap of it or no? Well, I just choose not to remember so the actual screen part. Interacted with. I didn't see, I know for a fact I didn't see it. Uh-huh. I looked back to the dark tree line and I didn't see it. Um, Ed who Did he was anything? in the shed, I was like, you had to have heard this thing screaming. It was so loud and terrifying. He goes, uh, in my, so like, you have the, for people listening, you have like the sugar shack, this tiny little like shed that peop, all kinds of people have in their backyards. Sure. Imagine that's been converted into a sleeping space and thick walls and things like that. It's got this loud AC window unit that's probably 15, 20 years old uh-huh. going, running constantly. But you can still hear a little bit, right? Yeah. And then that's in the middle. To the left, if you walk out of the front door of the sugar shack, is the long sandy driveway to go uh-huh. up to the house through the woods. To the right, down just a little bit, is a small fence where my car is parked on the other side of the fence. Okay. Um, so I walk out of the sugar shack, and at about the same time the scream happens, Ed believes I'm going to my car. Mm. And he thought he heard the beep, 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 like I was doing my ho- my horn Weird. thing. Like So he heard the high-pitched noise. Huh. He assumed it was me like unlocking the alarm thing on my car to go to my car to get something out of so my he car. Heard something, but it's so he his heard brain something. registered it as like fine. Exactly. 
And Whoa, uh, so do you think this thing was targeting you in a way that Ed couldn't hear? Well, I, or I do you think this noise? I just think because anywhere? of the being in the sugar shack and the AC mm. running, he definitely heard something. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we had we were like we were laughing on the way down the driveway. Yeah. Like I was not thinking at all. I would. It didn't even occur to me that I was by myself sure. until the scream yeah. happened. So like I wasn't in the frame of mind. I had such a great time at the paranormal investigation. Yeah. I was hanging out with Bill and Carolyn. We were doing tarot cards, and they were so right on the money. Uh-huh. Uh Before everybody showed back up. We were laughing, having such a good time. I was in the best mood I'd been in the whole time That's I'd been there. That's always in the horror movies, the time when the monster I, My starts. guard was down. Yeah. My guard was down and it got me. And so I've seen this therapist about it. I'm like, I can't. I My dream used to be having a mountain house. Mm-hmm. That's my dream. I'm like, I'm going to have a mountain house in Lake Arrowhead or Big Bear or somewhere else. That's where I'm going to live out the end of my days, right? And um, it's gone. It's like penthouse, you don't 80th floor, concrete millions of people never sleeping surrounding me. Whoa. So I went back out to Lake Arrow last weekend uh, for the first time uh, when I was like in the woods because uh-huh. friends of mine, Ed and Claudia, moved into this new house where things are going crazy out there, like footprints, handprints on the wow. house, Hand all kinds print? all kinds of stuff, <gasps> like crazy stuff. So I, my therapist, I told him, I was like, They've a- I want to go out and visit them because Claudia is having a really difficult time. Like it's been very hard. And... um. And I was like, I just, you know, do you think it's a good idea for me to go back? Because it terrifies me to think about being there yeah. at night by it's myself. Area but he's like, I think it's a great idea for you to go. And so we went out. And I was there for about eight hours. We we got there during the daytime. My buddy Alex Mastretta, who's uh, like a, you know, anthropologist and also like a cryptozoologist kind of guy, he went mm-hmm. with me. Um, and we uh, stayed until it got dark. We left around nine o'clock. So it'd been dark for about an hour and a half. Okay. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. (laughs) I mean, it was also like nine o'clock on a Sunday and I was like, we need to get back to LA. But, um, it was, uh, a good first step for me to get back out in the woods. I would not sleep there Uh at their house. Do you think that it, do you feel like it's like following you this one? Well, initially, uh, you know, I felt like, I mean, you can't help but feel like you've been marked for it. And I do. And people who have experiences like this all, it's a very common theme to feel like you've been quote unquote marked mm-hmm. or targeted now yeah. by, by these creatures and whatever they are, which I believe they're coming out of the portal on the property at that house in Florida. Okay. And I believe as crazy as it might sound to people, and I know how crazy it sounds. I do believe that for the most part, if I had to guess that big quote unquote, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, some of these other creatures, they're traveling through interdimensional portals okay. and that's why we're not finding their bodies. Why? And that's why we're not finding evidence. What of, do like, they want? I have no idea. Huh. Maybe they don't even, maybe they're just, just as confused as we are about like the idea of what a portal is. What if they're really people and we're the robots and they created us? Right. That would be kind of crazy. <laughs> but also like I take solace in the fact that knowing that if I, even though I knew I was dead, I'm not, I'm, I'm obviously not dead. Right. It didn't. So it didn't kill me. If it wanted me dead, I, I have no doubt in my mind that whatever that, Whatever the thing that made that noise, at Did least the way it sound and auditory quality or the audio quality of it, it could have killed me. So it was probably trying to like Why scare me off to, to get away from it. It might have been scared of you or maybe it was a exactly. pregnant one and protecting its mo- baby. Or who knows? So my therapist is trying to walk me through like other plausible, what is your more therapist, grounded um, scenarios. What did you t- like? It, 
I, well, I saw my therapist. It's not a common uh, thing for a therapist to hear. So. No, I walked in the first day. I walked in. I was like, okay, there's three big things I want to work on in uh-huh. therapy. Um, one, I've had a traumatic experience very recently that I want to work through because it's negatively affected my life mm-hmm. and the way I see my future, um, and it's inhibiting me from joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then these two other things, and uh, he goes, okay. He's like, and I was like, we're not going to start with the PTSD one because I don't think you're ready for it. <laughs> and uh, he just kind of laughed. He's like, okay, who's this guy? And so then for like the first month of sessions, we just kind of talked about like relationships and, uh-huh. you know, my family, like that, that kind of stuff. Like work up to it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, let me establish, try to establish some credibility with this guy. Okay. That I'm not a total lunatic, right? Which is a shame that we have to do that. Yeah. But like people who have had paranormal experiences know all too well what that is about. Sure. They think that someone is going to try to be like, well, what this actually and that's is exactly what happens. I've, I've learned over the years that most of for the most part, my normal friends aren't the people to talk to about my paranormal problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially in comedy. I mean, luckily, I'm a comedian well, because like I can handle any criticism because yeah. um, I have got some of the funniest people in the world making fun of me <laughs> about my paranormal experiences. Yeah. So when I go anywhere else and someone wants to make fun of me, it's like, that's You're all you like, got. Mm. I've heard it all, baby. Yeah. Like, and I, th- you know, and I keep my sense of humor though. about it. Well, I think it goes back to that cognitive dissonance. It's like, because we feel like we have to live in such absolutes. If someone who doesn't believe in ghosts hears that they have to, they feel like they have to react in a laugh at you way because it's almost like they can't just say like, I'm going to empathize with what you're telling me now, but I'm going to tell you I don't believe in it overall, but I don't have to, you know what I mean? They can't just be in the middle because then they're implying that they're like, it's much easier to dismiss me as being crazy than it is to reframe their whole, uh, have a paradigm shift in their life. And so it's much easier to dismiss and I'm fine. Dismiss me as being (laughs) crazy and a lunatic. And I mean, I've had that experience. I've had that experience so many times where I've seen people like to my face dismiss me as being insane. And I've been called like I had a, there was a woman I knew years ago who she told me this is when it first started to settle in for me, uh-huh. probably like six or seven years ago, because at this point I'd been talking about my other experiences enough, even before I started my podcast, mm-hmm. which have been some pretty intense, crazy stuff as far as like, you know, involving shapeshifters and other things. So uh, this woman who I was like involved with, mm-hmm. she told me, she goes, well, you know, half the comedy world thinks you're insane and i was like what and she goes half of the people in comedy think you're crazy they just think you're a crazy person is this person a comedian she was she not was she was not but she knew a bunch of so comedians. she was just trying to be like she was just trying to be hurtful to yeah but uh but then also it's like you know she referenced like some people like oh him oh he's fucking crazy everybody knows it like so and, and i was like i mean that's that's just the way it goes so i mean part of it part of her criticism was rooted in like an actual conversation she's had. But at the same time, but sometimes I feel like people who say things like that are actually testing. Like I'm just imagining someone like bringing up like, Oh, someone says insane. Right. I feel like the psychology behind that is they're like, do you believe this? And it's actually, will you, will you confirm my suspicions? Yes. And I think it's coming out of an um, insecurity of like, do you believe this? And then, so they'd say that to, to double down because if they really thought you were insane they wouldn't like if i truly thought somebody was insane i would think it's rude to say that out loud yeah that's true So that means they're probably like 
Or they're just kind of a sociopath and don't mind saying stuff yeah. like that to people. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible. But yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. But there is like... There's well, also, a s- I don't know if I believe everything in terms of like... I don't never thought much about Bigfoot. To me, I just believe... I'll joke about Bigfoot in that way. I think it's fun to believe. I well, I don't believe like it was a Bigfoot rights. anymore. It's fun to believe. But, um, okay. In this particular case. I'm not sure what the creature was, but I don't, yeah, don't I'm not so sure I believe it's a Bigfoot. Just from friends of mine. But I just think it's fun yeah. to listen. And to me, I actually really don't know. So I actually like to hear it. And I... Um, it's almost scarier to think that it's not a Bigfoot. I mean, I'd like yeah, to know that it, it was. It doesn't sound like what you described, but that sounds like alien almost. It, I mean, there's all kinds Demon. of creatures of the night out there. Like, you know, these things called the crawlers. Um, that are creepy. Um, the rake is not a real creature, I don't think. Um, I'm convinced. That, I mean, the rake is it's easily traceable and debunkable. But mm-hmm. the rake is a really creepy looking thing that's been popular for about the last 13 years. This white creature that's pale white and has these big black eyes and like walks on all fours and it's like skinny, Polar like but humanoid. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, so but I there are creatures that probably resemble the rake just from people who have had eyewitness accounts who have described things and said there's this creature this monster blah 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 but they don't mm-hmm. say the rake but they describe something very similar but the rake is a made-up thing from 4chan <laughs> but um from like a thread that said help me make a monster i get more scared about like people than i do of monsters i mean monsters obviously if i saw one like i probably have would have a mortal fear but i'm more afraid of sometimes you look into someone's eyes if do you ever see like i call them shark eyes Th- like there's a dead I look that sometimes you see on a person yeah, and, I, and then well, I just get a bad yeah. feeling and then I'll, certain people I've had that with and other people will be like I've seen that too and I'm sure it's just them maybe ha- having something wrong mentally but in my mind I'm like what if there's or maybe they could have had something attached to them well, or possessing mean. them like, or something like that what I'm seeing and that scares me because I was like, in Chicago I, <laughs> I was in Chicago years ago probably about six years ago with uh, a friend of mine mm-hmm. who was like very close friend of mine. We used to n- live together and like we were together for a while, but then we just become friends. She's got precognitive dreams of the future, all kinds. Of, she's like deeply empathic and things okay. like that. Intuition is strong. We're just walking around before a show to kill time uh-huh. in this little area where there's a bunch of shops and little restaurants. And some guy walks by us on the sidewalk. And I don't really notice it other than he's kind of weird looking. Mm-hmm. But then we get about. Tense that like she grips my hand so tightly and we keep walking and then she kind of like speeds up and then she turns around and realizes he's like gone around from the corner and then she almost collapses. She's about ready to throw up. I go, what's going on? And she's like trying not to vomit. Uh Just all of a sudden out of nowhere. And she goes, I looked in, I looked at that man's eyes. Uh Uh-huh. And I saw the darkness of what he's done. Oh. And I can't physically, she's like, I can't physically handle it. That man is evil. Jesus. And I was just like, let's get the fuck That's out so of here. Scary. <laughs> this is oh. like two o'clock in the afternoon. You're not ready to be scared like that, that during the daytime. That now the president. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so I haven't seen the shark eyes, but she saw him that day. Yeah. Gosh, that's so spooky. Well, I'm glad you're safe, Ryan. Yeah, I'm okay, and I'm going back out into the woods again. You are, okay. Um, I'm going to go back out to Lake Arrowhead probably and do a nighttime thing at some point. I just won't be by myself. Yeah. Do you ever f- w- uh, wonder if like you're inviting them in? Oh, I've definitely invited them okay. in just because of all the other investigations I'm doing. That are, Some of them are like long, ongoing things. 
Um, so, you know, I've definitely invited the trickster into my life. Uh-huh. Um, What's the trickster? The trickster is, uh, the trickster is like, a, we could do a whole episode on the oh, trickster. Okay. What's the, the trickster, the like line. the coyote, the you know, it's like it's rooted in like ancient folklore. Oh, the and, yeah, but it's in every culture's folklore. Oh, like the Jing in Chinese. Have you heard of the Jing? I think we've talked about the Jing, haven't we? It's like um, like they'll be like Huli Jing. The Huli is fox, but they like sometimes there's like the fox Jing, the like wolf Jing. Like but the one that's always trying like to trick you or yeah, like do like bad sneaky. things. They're not necessarily sneaky. evil. They're not to be trusted. Um, you shouldn't. Do they shape shift? Kind of, yeah. There's, they're like sort of like spirits and animals. They're a little mischievous. They're not necessarily evil, but they're definitely like caring more about themselves than for you. But they will sometimes make deals with people, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, that sounds like the like Native American coyote Mm -hmm. and you know, in the trickster that it's kind of just generally called when you kind of lump all of those different characters together. Mm. But the trickster is. the trickster is alive and well, apparently. But um, so I definitely think, you know, I do my best to try to, you know, build protections. And I take this stuff very seriously because I believe in it. Yeah. So I don't kind of like just willy nilly go out. Sure. You know, um, and putting trying to put myself in dangerous situations like yeah. maybe like people uh, you might see on TV. Excuse me. Sure. Like, like just walk into a place stunts. and be like, I'm going to provoke these ghosts. It's like, dude, if you believe in <laughs> ghosts, if a ghost can knock a cup off a table which is a physical object in yeah. our material world, a ghost could collapse your throat. Right. It's like, imagine if a mouse, like a bro mouse was just like, yo, like, I'm going <laughs> to check, check out, I'm going to fuck with this cat. This or cat's wearing a really here. tight t-shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like, yo, babe, check this out. And it's like, on like a little claw. magnet. Oh, I'm feeling Ooh, some I'm magnet over here. I think there's some claw. cats over here. <laughs> and the cat's just like, Row! and he's like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> Paranormal mouse. Just like... <laughs> That would be so funny. I love that. Um, I had a quick game, but I actually feel like we talked about so much. I don't know. Do you want to play this game or? Uh, What's the game? It's. um, I mean, I'll I'll do the game. We'll we'll end on a light note just because it's so heavy, and so it's a fun little game. It is like spooky game. It's is this a deadly superstition or good luck ammunition? Basically, we're just gonna guess if something a custom is good luck or bad luck. Okay. Um, Because you know Halloween is the spookiest time of the year. Um, So basically. Uh, these are all from around the world. They're different. They're different customs that people or things that you do that people believe would either bring you good luck or bad luck in different cultures. Um, and it's good to know. Like for example, I didn't know that not showing up to work causes bad luck, but now I know. And also, I'm looking for a job. So if anyone wants my resume, um, no, that's just a fun little joke. Uh, but that's an example of a thing. But it'd be better than that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like it'd be like a not showing up to work, and then you have to guess bad luck, good luck. Got it? Got it. I got okay. it. Here's the first one. Trimming your nails at night. Is this good luck or bad luck? Well, it's definitely bad luck. You know this for sure? No. Okay. You're right, though. It's bad luck. In Japan, clipping your nails at night will cause premature death. It just feels creepy to be doing it at it night. It does. It's just like a weird noise, right? Yeah. Um, walking outside with an empty suitcase. No, don't do that. Actually, in Colombia, this is good luck. If you walk around the block with an empty suitcase on New Year's, it means you're going to travel and prosper during the year. Well, cut to January 1st <laughs> of this coming year. If you're in Glendale, you'll see me rolling a bag around <laughs> the block. I'll try that. Um, uh, yeah, I could, yeah, I could see how that could you could think it's bad, but it's good. Okay. Drinking water that reflects moonlight. Is this Ooh, good luck or bad luck? That's got to be good luck. You would think, but actually in Turkey, it's considered bad luck to drink water that reflects moonlight. So like lake water or something like that. You can oh. bathe in it, but you shouldn't drink it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. 
Yeah. I wonder if it goes back to maybe like before the water was trying clean, to steal the you know? power of the moon and maybe that's how they turn it into like just keep people away from it oh i like that better. i was just gonna say maybe the lake water is not clean if it's but still i mean still but water. yeah maybe the lake water wasn't clean and so it would make people sick and they're like you know to keep people away from here we don't we can't explain why it's making us sick moon. but like you pissed off the moon you're trying to steal the moon's essence huh? maybe is yeah, the moon is a, she's an uh she's an illusionist um she's okay. not to be trifled with she is not but she's strong Mixing wine and watermelon. Oh, that sounds like it would be a, like a like a good luck charm thing to do. It could be, but in Argentina, it's an old wives' tale saying it will lead to death. Oh my God! So if anybody says like, "Hey, come over for some wine and some watermelon," you're like, <laughs> "I don't, I yeah, know you're what this is." To kill me. <laughs> I feel like you need to guess the opposite of what your instincts are. Okay. Because you've been over. No wait, you got one. I got the first got one. one. Okay, so there's two more. If you get these right, you'll win. Okay. Good luck. Okay. Spilling water behind someone. See, part of me tells me that's like really bad to do that. So I'm going to say it's good to do it. And you're correct. It's good luck. In Serbian <laughs> culture, spilling water behind someone is a way to give them good luck. So you could do it like if someone has a test or an interview, you just like. So this is like that episode of Seinfeld where Costanza <laughs> has to be like, you just go against everything he believes. Well, I also made this harder. I tried to not pick the obvious ones. So yeah, yeah. Um, but that's good. Okay. Okay. So this is the final one. I think you're going to get this right. I have faith. Getting pooped on by a bird. Oh, that's definitely good luck. I know that for a fact. You're right. Um, I The first f- 10 seconds I ever set foot on the streets of New York City, I got shit on by a bird. And you're like, and I was, New York, I looked up to this guy and I was like, New York. I was like, this is how you get welcomed to New York City. That's awesome. I had never heard that before. And it's great that you had that reaction because many a time people get upset when they get shit on but it's, what a way to just yeah turn what are around. the chances of that ha- actually happening yeah. so like that's like it's such a rare thing to yeah. happen that it's like oh this has to be a sign of good things coming i love that in russia specifically they do also believe that this means you're gonna make a lot of money so oh, i love that yeah that's great i'm just gonna go sit out underneath some power just lines yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, releasing birds above my head are all you day. sending out resume singer <laughs> no i'm sitting under <laughs> some power lines <laughs> Where I see a bunch of yeah, just, sidewalk just splatter. To, I don't need a money candle. I just need some birds. Yeah, right. Um, well, you win the game, which means you win good luck. Uh, Hell yeah, so dude. Good luck. Infinite good luck. So there's no, I could use there's it. no expiration. I mean, I mean we all luck. could. Um, thank you so much for coming on the this show, This was Ryan. fun. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks and for to sharing. anybody who thought these stories were just a little too wild, just remember, when you sleep at night, <laughs> that it <laughs> really happened. <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, RyanSingerComedy.com or they can find me at Rising on like R-Y-S-I-N-G on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have uh, Me and Paranormal You is the name of the podcast. Um, I've got some of like the most requested or popular episodes uh, that have long, that are no longer available on iTunes mm-hmm. on YouTube. Ooh. So you can hear me have an interview with my ex-girlfriend who was a shapeshifter. Mm. I interview uh, Dr. Jeffrey Mishlove, who was like the only, he's the only doctor who got like a, uh, a doctorate in parapsychology. Okay. Um, uh, I've got an interview with Dr. Roger Nelson, who was in charge of the Global Consciousness Project, which kind of proves that we're all sharing a consciousness together. Uh-huh. And it's measurable that our consciousness lives outside of our bodies and that death wow. is an illusion but so like and, the, <laughs> and also the dmt one where i smoked dmt for the first time with shane moss is on there too oh nice yeah so if you guys like this stuff for sure check out the podcast um and get his album 
And uh, oh, and this is where the magic happens is the name of my other podcast, which is crazy. My friend Angela, who's my co-host, she's a psychic witch and (laughs) her stories are never ending. It's it's bonkers. That's awesome. I gotta um, check that out. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't listened to that one. Um, but also, if you guys have any stories like this or have seen a big photo experience that I want to hear, let me know because I'd love to know. Yeah, fun yeah. stuff. Fun stuff. At us. There's um, a lot going on out there that we're not aware of. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm going to definitely be Googling all night tonight. Um, follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod. Follow me at Larissa T. And join our, pay- uh, join our PayPal, paypal.me slash you can tell me anything. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.